Hello everyone! We are so happy to be here in Sydney, Australia for the Global Sisterhood Network and Boost Power Radio with another amazing woman to interview today, Gretchen Gagel, who we have been lucky enough to know for many, many years back in the United States in Denver, Colorado, and now she hails from Australia. Gretchen, welcome and introduce yourself to your Global Sisters. Thank you, Betsy. It's really great to have you over here visiting. Um, I've been here in Australia for seven months. I am a professor at the Australian National University in Canberra. Um, still also teaching back in the United States at the University of Denver and doing management consulting, which I've been doing on and off for 30 years in construction of all industries. So doing a little bit of consulting back in the U.S. And I'm um, here in Australia and really happy to be here with you. Oh gosh, you say that just like, oh, well, I just happen to be doing this and happen to be doing that. Gretchen, go back and kind of tell people about your path because I knew you when you were leading the Women's Foundation. Mm -hmm. I knew you were always in construction. Uh, I know you've been a consultant and a podcaster and an author and now a PhD. So tell us a little bit about kind of your choice points. Like what is driving you to have leadership positions and also be on the cutting edge of thought and thought leadership now in a global way. Yeah, it's really interesting. I tell my kids this all the time that, that life is about forks in the road, right? And a lot of those forks, it's right versus right decisions. It's not like there's a right or a wrong decision, but it's so interesting to see the paths that we take, these ziggy zaggy paths when um, I think sometimes when we're young, we think it's gonna be a straight path. So um, I was motivated to go to engineering school um, my father told me I couldn't go to engineering school because girls didn't do that. That was in 1981. And I credit him for making him, me the, small, the really strong person that I am today. He, he was awesome, but he just had a paradigm about what girls could or couldn't do. So out of engineering school, I ran manufacturing plants, um, decided to settle down in Denver to raise my kids and, and get married and raise my kids. So. Um, did an MBA in finance and that's when I went into consulting in 1994 in the construction industry and um, after 11 years of being on the road every week when my kids were seven and eight I decided to take a break from the plane uh, got a master's in nonprofit and that's when I became president of the Women's Foundation in Colorado so that's where my my real um, passion and history with women and women's leadership started um, was there for five years, was assistant dean of the business school at the University of Denver. Uh, stepped down from that when my mom was in the last stages of Alzheimer's. Um, I was her baby, I was 12, 12 years after my siblings, and um, decided to go back into consulting. So that was 2013. Um, because I'm crazy, I decided to do a PhD while I was president of a consulting firm, um, which I completed last August. and. Um, really wanted to support my husband in coming over to Australia. His mom's 83 and he's been gone for almost 30 years and really felt like, hey, I can find fun things to do in Australia, so let's come over and live in Australia for a couple of years. So, Well, I want to go back and unpack a little bit this uh, PhD, which I like to tell all the viewers in four years, less than four years of PhD. So tell everyone what you um, your study, kind of what you studied, mm -hmm. and kind of some of the research, because this is some of the the good you're giving back to the world, I believe, mm -hmm. um, that you're taking time to be thoughtful about leadership and the effects of great leadership. So tell everyone a little about that. Yeah, it's interesting. I set a goal to get a degree every 10 years. So this is degree number four. I think I might be done. 
Um, but I've had very clear objective of what I wanted to accomplish with each, each degree. And with this one, I've spent 33 years trying to help leaders understand how to create nimble organizations because the world is continuing to change quickly. You know, we've got this VUCA world, vulnerable, uh, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. So that was my mission when I went into the PhD is to really understand what have the academics been saying? What research is out there about leadership and culture and change and agility and ambidexterity and resilience in organizations? So it was really fun to go back to you know, James McGregor Burns in his book in 1978 on leadership or um, Edgar Schein, one of the greatest academics ever in culture. I ended up researching 47 corporations, 126 business units, and measured leader behaviors and the presence of agile routines to see what connections there are between what leader behaviors create more agile um, business units and organizations. So it was, it was a lot of fun, very rigorous, but a lot of fun. Wow, well, so many people are listening and going, uh, yeah, let's go back to the one degree every 10 years. Uh, that is admirable and um, excited for the world. I'm glad that you'll be now taking some of that research out and, and publishing some papers and, and all of the above. Mm -hmm. So your husband brought you to Sydney, mm -hmm. but tell us a little bit about kind of just your, your love of travel mm -hmm. and kind of how you're finding women in the world now that you're out and connecting. Yeah. So I'm very lucky that I belong to a group called the International Women's Forum, and my membership transferred over here. I actually came to their conference. The International Conference happened to be in Melbourne last year. And um, actually tonight I'm headed to um, China and then Spain for the International Conference there. It's 700 women um, getting together, and it's really connected me to a global sisterhood as you talk about of um, incredible women that are making an impact on the world. It's interesting because my mother, my first trip abroad was Australia when I was 12 years old, and my mom really created that passion around travel. Um, I'm about to become chair of an international NGO that builds footbridges around the world. I'll be in Rwanda with them in July. So that's my first opportunity really to take my philanthropy and my passion for giving back and put that on a global stage. So it's a lot of fun. The world is so lucky, Gretchen, to have you. On thank behalf you. of everyone in the world, we say thank you. Thanks. That is awesome. So along this path with being a business leader and an innovator, right, and kind of creating new paths for women, especially in construction, mm -hmm. um, being a podcaster, being an author, all the things that you have done, when was it tough and what did you learn? You know, talk a little bit about some, some sage wisdom for those listening uh, from your own journey. Yeah, I think one of the toughest things for me, I was in a very male-dominated um, consulting firm. I joined there in 94. I had my son in 96 and my daughter in 97. And that's what my book is about and my TED Talk, um, Eight Steps to Being a Great Working Mom, because um, I was the primary breadwinner for my family and a lot of people said things to me that were very judgmental about my ability to be a good mom and to travel every week. And um, you know, my mom was there, my sister, um, we had a great support network for my kids. My kids are awesome, they're 22 and 23 now. But it really gave me a lot of um, self-doubt and that's why I wrote the book because um, 
you know, a single mom said to me that a principal said, well, your kids would do better in school if you didn't work. Well, what do you, you know, you're a single mom. I mean, what are you supposed to do? And people um, inflicting uh, their judgments against you. It, w it was very difficult. Um, and I just wanted to help create some support network for women that face those same judgments and, and feelings of guilt about not being there after school with warm cookies um, for their kids and that that's not going to dictate how their kids turn out. Frankly. Right. And we've had you speak at some of my women's conferences about that. And we really enjoyed that. And if you were going to give just three easy tips, mm -hmm. because now people are like, wait a minute, I want to know the mom stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to the rest. But what would be just like your first kind of three sage wisdom mom tips? Because so many people listening are trying the, yep. the everlasting, you know, saga of parenting and career and life partnership. Yeah. The number one tip is make the decisions that's right for you and just feel good about it because the time we spend being stressed and feeling guilty takes away from quality time with our kids. And I know that's easier said than done. It's about um, creating a really strong support network. So being able to ask for help, which is something that we all, we're all looking at each other thinking that everybody's got it all together and I'm the only one struggling. And so that's really the third one is to have the conversation with people and um, to be able to be vulnerable, have that psychological safety um, and, and being willing to ask people for help. Um, that you, have a, you have to have that plan A, B, and C. Um, one really practical tip, the last one, I sat down with my kids and said, what's really important that I be there? I can't be there for everything, but what's important, what do you think is important for me to be there? So helping them drive the decisions about what I put blocks on in my calendar um, for example, that was really helpful with them. See, giving that power back to the kids. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you. I will uh, savor again. I've read the book, of course, and savor those tips. Um, so what are you excited about now? Mm. You're here in Sydney, Australia. You're about to jet around the world for a while, but you know, what is it that you're most on fire about right now? Yeah. Um, I'm really on fire about teaching. So I started lecturing at the University of Denver last June in leadership and ethics, which is a topic that I'm really passionate about, and that's my alma mater. I, I um, received my MBA from University of Denver, but now I'm teaching at the Australian National University, and it's such a diverse student base. So I'm teaching 120 post-grad students evidence-based management. They're from China and India and Cambodia and um, in Australia. France, I mean, really a globally diverse student base. So I'm learning so much from them about how teams and leadership manifests itself around the world. So I'm really excited about that. And after, like, after that craziness of doing the PhD while I was president of a company, um, just trying to take a deep breath and enjoy the 10,000 beaches that we have here in Australia. Oh gosh, only 10,000 beaches. And of course your world travel and golf and your philanthropy and building your bridges and all the things in Gretchen's amazing world. Um, so we like to have you do a global statement for women. So just imagine someone's listening mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. fascinated by you and you just are gonna speak into their hearts. So yeah. what would be your global statement? My global statement for women is to believe in yourself and to love yourself. I, that's something that I've learned along the way. Um, that was the hard part about losing my mom. She was my biggest fan no matter what I did, what crazy career change or um, she loved me unconditionally and she was my biggest fan. And I think we all need to be our own biggest fan um, and, really, and really love ourselves.
Well, that is so very important because we spend, I think as women, so much time loving everyone, mm -hmm. giving to everyone, yeah. and then we wake up and we're like, oh, spent. And you know, we've, we've given um, our best self to everyone else and we kind of sometimes forget yep. to take care of mama. Mama's got to be happy. I agree. So how can people learn more about your work? How can they learn about your charitable things? How can they get more of Gretchen? Yeah. So if you're interested in my TED Talk, just go to YouTube and Google Gretchen Gagel, G-A-G-E-L, like a bagel. Um, my website, greatnessconsulting.com, uh, talks a little bit about my consulting work. And then I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, I think I have 4,300 people <laughs> that I'm connected to in some way on LinkedIn now and love having the conversation with people about interesting ideas. So that's another way to connect with me. Well, Gretchen, you have been someone I've looked up to since I met you. I have seen you in the first years of the Camp Experience Network when we were part of a partnership with the Women's Foundation in Colorado. I've seen you as a philanthropist, as a friend, as a global sister, and we just can't wait, the whole sisterhood can't wait to get behind you, to see your leadership with the bridges all over the world, to watch you continue to innovate, to read your papers as they're published, and to uh, continue to just enjoy your amazing life and your, the, the amazing way that you lead this earth. So thank, thank you so you. much for being a global sister, and we will have you back again. Awesome, Betsy. I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much.